You're listening to Season 3 of Show Talk with Trevor. Wait a minute, can kids listen to this? Uh, I don't think so. What's up, Straight Talk Society? This is your host, Trevor, and I'm back with another episode of Straight Talk with Trevor, the podcast where no topic is off limits. And tonight I want to do a personality profile. You know, when I reach out to guests to be on the show, it's normally for a specific reason. And I've been watching this young man for a while. Um, I just like his spirit. And I just, I talked to my wife one day and I was like, man, I think it'd be real good if I, if I talked to him. I want to, because we parallel each other so much. So I reached out to him and he agreed to come on to the show. So tonight we're going to do a profile personality on Minister Shedrick Magali. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And I guess what I want to talk about, um, I'm not going to get too controversial with you tonight, but um, <laughs> so here's the deal. So everybody knows that I was a I, I call myself a former preacher, um, but if you listen to my last couple episodes, I kind of went back into preacher mode, but <laughs> so I'm a preacher in transition right now. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so I watched this young man and he reminds me of myself so much. When, when did you start preaching? I started preaching when I was roughly uh, 14 years old. I'm now 26. Um, and I started kind of diving into ministry around the age of 14. And I started preaching when I was 17. Okay. And I'm 41. Okay. What what made you decide to be a preacher? When when how did you know that you first of all, how, how did you know you were called to be a preacher? Okay, well, for many years, many, many years, I, I ran from the calling. Number one, I grew up in the church. Um, but once I got into the real purpose of the me being the church, that's when God started dealing with me. And around that age, around 14, I began having different dreams and it seemed to be dreams and visions and all of these different things. And my final kind of takeaway when I finally told God yes was one night I had a dream. And in this particular dream, just to make a long story short, the area that I live in, it seems like everything was on fire. And in the dream, I started laying hands, praying. And when I woke up in the natural, my hands were sweating and it's like I was shaking and all of this different stuff. And I told God, yes, from that point on. And uh, for many years, I ran away from it due to shyness and due to fear and all of these different things. But in that very essence of the moment, that's when I told God, yes. And I, I, I went fully, full force into ministry at that time. So you started at 14, you're 26 yes. now. So by math, you've been in ministry for what, 12 years? About 12 years, yes. Um. Okay, so you you said you... you you felt the you felt the call of God. Explain what that's like because we hear that a lot of times, mm -hmm. but I don't think people really understand what that is. Okay, when you have a true relationship with God and God has a purpose or a plan or a calling for you, God will begin to use you in different ways. And God began to use me in those ways of having dreams and having uh, visions and all of these types of things. Even until today, I often tell people. Uh, it started then and it still happens now. It's like I can be sitting and people say, well, you seem zoned out or you seem whatever. It's like I go into something and I can be in a place, but I can see something else. And God started dealing with me in that sense from that age. And I started having dreams to where I would wake up 
And it's like, like I said, when I was dreaming of laying hands and I was dreaming in the dream that I put oil on my hands, when I woke up, it seemed as if it was literally on my hands in a sense. And when I went into that again, I told God, yes, from that point. And from that point, it just kind of sparked from there. And you said you, you grew up in the church, correct? Yes, all of my life. So you've all you, that's all you know is a, is a church. I've been there all of my life. I know the ins, I know the outs, I know the real, I know the fake. So I know everything when it comes around that essence of what we call the church. Okay, so what would you say to somebody who said that's that's all you've done? Of course you're going to be a preacher because that's all you did. You grew up mm -hmm. in church. You've always been sheltered by the church. Mm -hmm. So... For me, I had it on both ends, if I want to put it that way. So how, what I mean, I had it on both ends. My dad, to be transparent, didn't grow up in the church. So on that end, he was unchurched, completely unchurched. My mom on the other end, she grew up in the church, but she didn't hold, I should say, any high-ranking positions or uh, it was more so took me to church. Now, my, grand, my great-grandmother was a church mother. So that's where the essence of church and my family came into play. So growing up, I can actually say I did have the best of both worlds because, again, my father was unchurched. My mother was churched, if that makes sense. So kind of putting the two together, I grew up in the church, but growing up in the church and being the church is two polar opposites. Absolutely. But once I got to the place and the age to understand the essence of what it means to be saved and to be the church and all of these different things, I developed my own personal relationship not based off of, you know, the ins and the outs and the rules and the regulations, but based off of my relationship with God and based off of the calling I knew, you know, God was pulling me towards because I ran for, I didn't want to do it. Um, so the whole that thought, because I want to, I want to parallel your life with mine. Okay. I didn't, I didn't grow up in church. Okay. Um, my stepmom who raised me for a good portion of my youth was, a seven-day Adventist, so we kind of just went on Saturday every now and then. Okay. My dad had nothing to do with church. We were the family that went on weddings and funerals. And that was my father. And baby christenings. Uh -huh. So I didn't grow up in church. Um, uh, how I even got into church, my 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 dad's girl, his ex-girlfriend, I was really depressed in high school. Um, and I got to a point where I wanted to kill myself. I really started figuring out ways that I could kill myself because I felt like it, I just didn't need to be in this world anymore. And, um, she took me to church. Uh, I won't, I'll say the name of the church. She took me to faith deliverance cathedral, uh, apostle Rory. Okay. And I was just sitting in the back of the church one day and he was walking. And I'm like, man, who is this guy walking around with this cape? <laughs> like, this is foolishness. He came, he walked past me. He, came, he stopped and then he came back. And then so he, he, he asked me if he could pray for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. All right, let's go. Because you're not going to you're not going to push me down. Right. Because I watched him just touch all these right. people and they're falling. And they and like, come on, this right. is ridiculous. So <laughs> he told me some things that kind of nobody should have known. So I was like, OK. And long story short, that's how I ended up going to church. Um, that's when I was in 11th grade. I preached my first sermon, I want to say, at around late 17, early 18, was ordained a deacon at 19, and it went on from there. So um, so that was me. 
but I never grew up in church. Right. So you grew up in church. I, I even got a name for you. I call you um Captain Holy Ghost. Like, whenever I see you, I'm like, man, this kid. I'm like, this kid just was born saved. <laughs> so so okay. So you're so so you're you you're a youth so you're a youth pastor or youth minister. So you're a youth minister. Uh-huh. Okay. What 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 um what ministry are you a part of? I'm a part of Brown's Temple uh Ministries in Pompano Beach. Florida and my pastor is Dr. Henry Brown III. Okay, so I want to read you a question. I want to read a question for you because it's not a question, it's a statement. Okay. Um, somebody posted this on social media and it says a lot of older church members want to know why there's a massive lack of young people serving in church. You can't spend decades making a generation feel unwelcome and then get upset when they leave to find God on their own terms. You were the harsh gatekeeper of certain ministries. Now you're getting too old to carry out those duties, and you're upset that you chased away the people you were supposed to hand the, hand the torch over to. Mm -hmm. What do you say to a statement like that? So let me when, let me look. Let's let's slow it down. So when you look around church right now, mm -hmm. there's a massive departure. Correct of not just older people like around my age, but the youth. The mm -hmm. youth don't want to come to church anymore. That's true. And you as a youth pastor, mm -hmm. that's got to make your job harder. Indeed. So what do you say to someone putting this out there like it's the fault of the older members? As far as we know growing up, you grew up in church all the time. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you grew up in the church where the motherboard was strict and oh, they... Yeah. You know, you couldn't do this. You couldn't that my do great that. Mother. And so now these kids are saying, hey, you know what? I, I don't need this anymore. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to those young people who don't want anything to do with church or they want to find God outside of church? OK, well, just to kind of go back and to bring us forward uh, with me, like you stated, you started young as a deacon. I, I had that same pathway. So I kind of had it to where I was able to see what we consider the old way that's led up now to the newer and traditional way. So I grew up in that ending portion of, you know, what you said with the strict mothers and all of that stuff. So going back, I started as a, I was a church, I was a drummer at first. I played drums. And from there, I was a junior deacon. Then I became an ordained deacon. Then I was a local minister. Now I'm an ordained minister. And now I'm also a youth minister. But going back to that particular statement, I think the issue is, and I've had many discussions with a lot of the youth at my church on this, the, the main issue that we've seen with the disconnect from the older generation to now is uh, it has a lot to do with, number one, asking questions. From what I've seen, uh, the older generation, it was if pastor said it, that's what we believe. You don't ask questions. You don't uh, debate. You don't, uh, you just, whatever they say, that's what we do. You know, and this generation, we live in a generation now to where it's, I want to know. I want to know why I got to do this. I want to know why we doing it this way. And we live in a generation of questions. And I also feel, too, that the older generation, uh, because I've experienced it. Oh, you're too young or you don't have enough experience or this and that. But when we really look into the Bible and we look at Jesus, how old was Jesus? Jesus wasn't 70 years old. Yeah. Jesus wasn't 80 years old. <laughs> You know, so when you look at it in that aspect and a, a lot of the youth see it, it's like it's a territorial thing when it comes to the older generation. 
it's not uh, more so to be quite honest about God. It's I've been here this long. So what I say should go. So if you don't listen to me, then you're doing it wrong, if that makes sense. So it's not so much following God. It's following the tradition of men. Correct. Okay. So the reason I walked away from church, simple, simple is this. I walked away from church because I think the 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 standard of the church has completely gone out the window. Mm -hmm. um, Bible says, put a difference between holiness and unholiness, clean and unclean. Correct. And I feel that the holiness standard of church as compared to how it was growing up mm -hmm. has completely changed. Um, ministries are allowing any any and everything to go in That's now. Correct. I mean, That's you correct. have... You have dancing on the pulpits. You have, I mean, the sec the, the the secular the influence of the secular world has come in so much that you really can't tell the difference between church and the world right now. Correct. Do and so you're saying correct. So you agree with me. So um and a lot of times they're doing that because they're 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 saying we're trying to appeal to the younger people. But I would just put this question out. Why do you need to, if, if, if the word of God stands on its own, mm -hmm. why do you need to appeal to the younger people? The younger people coming up always was taught the word of God mm -hmm. in its purity. They never had to change anything. So mm -hmm. why now all of a sudden do we feel like we have to change everything? Where's this new influence coming from? Okay, I feel uh, when it comes to change, and anybody that knows me, they call me an old soul as it is. Um, when it comes to change, I think change is necessary, but then I put a question mark next to change. When I say things should change, I feel that, you know, we can appeal to the young people in a different mode. Um, and when I say a different mode, it could be um, having different youth groups to where the youth are able to talk about their problems, talk about their issues, things as such. But I feel that a lot of ministries overall have kind of gotten out of whack, to be honest, when it comes to change, and they've taken change too far. I've seen ministries to where, uh, and not even just, you know, what we consider praise dancing. I'm talking about like literally, you know, go secular dancing exactly. go in there. the ministry. And I feel that we shouldn't have to lose our standard to reach the loss. I think that uh, the purpose of the church and the church was created so that there could be a standard. You should be able to see the difference. You should be able to tell, you know, the light from the dark and all of these different things that we preach about. But if I go, you know, and to be honest, if I go in the club and I see you in the strip club, you know, and you leading and doing this on Sunday, no, that's not, you know, what we should be called to do. Um, so I think there has a disconnect has come to where we talk about change. And again, a lot of ministries look at change as, oh, we got to throw all the standards out the window. We got to throw everything, the church of what they say, the church of old did out the window just to reach the lost. No, that's not what, because then we see that there's no true change. And we have so many people that are still hurt and battling because we've allowed all of the standards. Now, I'm not saying everything they did was right, Amen. you know. My grandparents and all that stuff, not saying everything was biblical, but there are some things and certain standards we should still keep. You should be able to tell a difference. I shouldn't have to question. I shouldn't have to walk around with the Bible under my arm just to say, oh, I'm saved. And you're, and you're only 26. 
Yes. So <laughs> I tell you, that's why. I t- that's why I, I watch. I watch people a lot of times. I don't have to say anything to them. I just watch, and I just I watch their character. I watch how they move, and that's why I said, man. I said I want to talk to this guy, man, and 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 I was like, God, I hope I didn't scare him off. Um, I went. So when he hit me up and said that he could come in, I was like, okay, let's do it. You you sound so much wiser beyond your years, and I think you you honestly could talk to some of the older heads above uh, um that's uh, uh, above all these churches become mm-hmm. um because they had completely lost lost the standard of god man i oh, mean yeah. it, it's i i mean i i've seen things that so case in point um my cousin just sent me last night a clip from a famous preacher and and he was talking about how basically men shouldn't you shouldn't vent you shouldn't vent all your problems and and things like that but then I turn around and a show I did, my last show of season two, I was talking about how the prophet Elijah was mm-hmm. basically venting to God. Right. So right. <laughs> it's like, wh- where do we, where, how come, when did it all change and now we're just making up, we're making up things now for popularity. We can't, we don't preach certain things because we don't want to run certain people off. Mm-hmm. So now now you 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 mentioned it because you said like if you see somebody in the club or or whatever and then they're leading praise and worship now you're going to be like hold on. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? Because you you grew up in the church. When did you start seeing that shift that the preachers were starting to turn a blind eye to a lot of this stuff? Ah, I want to say for whatever reason, it seems like it started coming into play with this whole techno- technological era, if you ask me. I don't know, but things I want to say started changing maybe 10 or so years ago. It could have been before, but when I started, you know, really seeing it. Um, because there was a time to where you really had a fear, a fear of God. You know, you, you know, it was seriously like, I, I know I'm not going to do this because I'm, I'm saved. I'm not going to partake in this because of whatever. But now it's just like, you know, oh, his grace, his mercy, you know, I get that. I do. I get that. Everybody has their own faults. Everybody has their own issues. But when you're openly living a life of just with the world (laughs) and, you know, you're supposed to be separated from the world, there's a difference. And that's where a problem comes in. And I think, too, that's why our youth are so confused. That's why our young adults are so confused. You you mentioned earlier about... um asking questions uh-huh you know whereas we we live in a society that if 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 our pastor said first of all there's a lot of pastor worshiping going on mm-hmm. so if pastor says it then it's the law of god right and my contention is that when messages are being preached they they preach one they come out one foundational scripture mm-hmm. they close the book and then they go into their motivational speech mm-hmm. there's not enough emphasis on the word so in your ministry, are you guys allowed to do, do you guys question things? Yes. Um, I'm going to be very transparent. Years ago, again, there was a time with the church of old to where it was just what was said. You know, that was like, that's it. You know, if the bishop says it, if whoever says it. But we've come into an age now in a transition. And that's why, you know, I thank God for the ministry that I'm in to where the youth and young adults and even the adults, we have time to where you can have Bible study and and lessons to where you can in a sense, challenge, but challenge for the good, you know, to ask questions um, and to really understand the word of God. You know, we can agree to disagree. You know, we can sit here and talk about it. Everybody, you have your opinion, but 
if I read it this way, okay. And something that I've personally got into and me and some other people, we've been talking about it with this whole ministry thing. Like you said, people take one word in the Bible and that's their whole, their whole sermon. And it's like, when you think about it, that's not even what that scripture said, <laughs> you know? And, and I tell people, you know, when you get up to minister before the people of God, when you read a scripture, you can take the Lord is my shepherd, for instance, and you can take that any kind of way you want to. But you got to read the scripture before you got to read the one after, because so many times we take things out of context and then we go up and we're talking about this. And then when you read the chapter before that and the chapter after, it's like, wait a minute, that's not even what it was saying. You know, so I think, too, that's where the questions come into play, because the young people want to know, wait a minute, you told me such and such. But then when I studied it on my own, you know, it said this. You know, so we have to be open. And I think that's where the problem is. You know, even with asking questions, the older generation, you know, they looked at it as a sign of disrespect or a sign of just whatever you're supposed to do this. God's no, I want to know, you know, even though I still personally have that standard, I want to know. I want to know more, you know. Yeah, I I um, I I got in a big point of contention because I asked. I asked a question um, to a preacher and they told me it's always been that way. It's hmm. tradition. That yeah. was that was the answer. Um, I didn't I didn't expect that because mm -hmm. I was like, man, you kind of got to give me a biblical right. answer to it. It right. can't just be that's just the way it's always been. Right. Tradition teaches us that way right so um so you're 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 i mean because i feel like you you've always been saved and and <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 do you do what what do you do outside of church okay outside of church. well let me go back no i haven't always been saved um you know i've had my times where i wanted to fit in the crowd middle school even parts of high school even when i acknowledged the call you know at the time i still wanted to do things to fit in but it never worked because I just knew that wasn't me. I knew that's not what God was calling me to be. I try to say a curse word and it didn't even sound right. You know, <laughs> I try to formulate some words and it's just like my friends are just like, be quiet. You know, it, it just don't sound right. Um, but even today, I enjoy a lot of things. One of my favorite, all time favorite things to do is to go to theme parks. That's something I absolutely love. I love spending time with my family. I love uh, going, you know, with my friends, doing positive things, things as such outside of ministry. And I think that's a problem, too. Um, our grandparents, and there was nothing wrong with it. That's what they wanted. You know, it was just ministry, working home, church, working home, church, working home. And there was no life outside of ministry. And now, again, the young people want to see how can I still, you know, at least do something positive while still working for Christ. So that's something that I'm big on as well. You know, it's OK Take time with your families. Go on vacations. Take time to enjoy life in a positive way, you know, while still serving God. I think one thing that turned me off when I first uh, when when I first got into the ministry in two thousand, talking about two thousand. When I got into the ministry in nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, the members there put a big emphasis on, like, this is your life. You you can't do anything outside of here. Mm -hmm. So they made me feel bad for wanting to 
go to college or right. go to the military and right. try to and it kind of made me feel like I was I was sinning for wanting to do have other desires. Right, right. And I left. That was my first time leaving church. I, I left for a couple of years just because I was like, wait a minute. I'm 19, I'm 18, 19 year old kid. I want to experience life. Right. I don't I don't want to be the I don't want to be the guy up here preaching to you, telling you the the goodness of Jesus when I've never experienced life because it's right. easy. It's easy to preach about the goodness of Jesus when you're inside the four walls. Right. You haven't lived any life. You don't have any true testimonies because you never had any tests. You're being protected right. within the four walls. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's why I walked away for a while, but then I kept I kept feeling the calling back. I just kept feeling the calling that something was missing in my life. Something was missing. It didn't matter. No drug could um no drug could fill it. No mm -hmm. alcohol could fill it. No female could fill it. Mm -hmm. It was just a calling, a calling, a calling. And then mm -hmm. I got back into the ministry in, um, I want to say, 2011, 12, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, so now, <laughs> so now I'm not, I'm not officially a part of a ministry and I don't consider myself a preacher, but I'm very well into this book, mm -hmm. but I'm looking at it now in a different light. Okay. Whereas I'm not looking at it through the church eyes anymore. I'm mm -hmm. looking at it to a eyes like, God, if this is your word, then I want you, I want to know this. Mm -hmm. So I cross, I cross reference it. I don't just use the, the, the 66 books. Uh -huh. You know, I have the Apocrypha. I, I look at other things because there's a lot of stories in the Bible kind of that's left to imagination. Right. So you need to find elsewhere. To, you guys don't use the Apocrypha in your church, no, do you? No, no. So um, looking at that over the age, um, there was a time, and going back to what you said about the church, there was a time to where I was like, I was what they'll call like a holy role of super saved. And I would look at it like, and I'm going to just be honest, I would look at people, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, you shouldn't be saying this, you shouldn't be saying that. But I got to the place to where I had my own experience to where God had to show me at the end of the day, look here, boy, you ain't got no sin. Like they say, you go ahead and cast the first stone. Okay. So I had to get to that place and I had to understand that there is more to life than church. All right. Absolutely. There is more to life than just going to church. Um, now, there's a difference. When I look at it, you should have God always. God should be who you are. That should be like who we exude. That should be us because we are the church but when it comes to the physical building and that's something my pastor even now he uh promotes family we promote family we promote time you know no we're not going to be here seven days a week you know revival every night doing this doing that you know we've gotten out of that because it's a different and that's another reason why too with this generation it's like why we got to be there seven nights a week you know, we go at seven and we'll get at two o'clock in the morning. It's like, you know, those old days of revivals for a hundred. There was times I've heard of people, 150 day revivals and all of this stuff. Um, That was uh, the, the revival on the Azusa, 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 Azusa Street. Street. Yeah. That went on for forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that was a difference with the, the age of holiness. Um, But, you know. I, I mean, if it's different people coming every night, but me being there 150 nights, I, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, um, and I often use this as an example. Uh -huh. um, we have, I always use this example, on my street alone, there's uh -huh. at least 30 churches. Uh -huh. 
mm-hmm. in less than a two mile, um, in a two mile distance. Mm-hmm. What's keeping those churches from fellowshipping with one another? If it's not like they had, it's not like the churches are filled front to back. You know, some of these churches only have five to ten members. Mm-hmm. What's keeping these churches from saying, you know what? Maybe we could reach more people if we fellowship together. Mm-hmm. Let's tear down first. Let's tear down the walls of our church mm-hmm. so that we can actually be the church and go out and reclaim these streets. Because right now, I tell you, church people know how to church. Oh yeah, they know how to have church. They know oh, how to yeah. come to church and sing and have a good time okay. and shout. And then when they leave, they come back to the same mess. Right. Because no true deliverance in most cases right. haven't taken place. And they're not out getting those lost souls mm-hmm. because they're keeping God to themselves within those four walls. What's right. keeping what's keeping churches in our community? Because they're on every street. They're on mm-hmm. every corner. What's keeping those churches from, from fellowshipping with one another? Uh, well, looking at it in that essence, I think a lot when it comes to churches truly... Uh, working together a few things I say pride I say wanting the what we consider like wanting the limelight you know wanting a position and I also think it's hard to trust people um so let me go back to pride and the limelight we have so many people these today that want to hold a position everybody wants to be pastor everybody wants to be bishop everybody wants to be an overseer an apostle And I've always told God, I say, God, if it's your will for me to go any higher, it's going to be your will because I don't want it. I don't. There was a time I always said I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do it. Even with my career, I say I didn't want to be a teacher, but look what I'm doing. You know, so it's like my my thing is, God, if it's your will, not me doing it to be seen. And I think that's a problem with a lot of ministries today. Everybody wants to lead a flock with nobody in the, the pews. Everybody wants to lead in a building and it's like there's no effectiveness or nothing behind it, you know, every, and I think that's the problem. And I think and then it comes into another essence. You can't trust everybody. Um, that's something I take into consideration a lot of times when it comes to working with other ministries. I'm very careful and I'm very prayerful behind those things because you just can't because you will work with this ministry and before you know it, they'll try to persuade your members to come to their ministry. And you just have to be very careful. And I think that's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of reasoning as to why you have so many ministries and some of them just not working together collectively. So let me, let me, let me heat things up a little bit for you. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you, I don't want you, you, you're not calling a name or anything, but do you think everyone opening churches or having ministries were actually called? No. I feel that we have people who are apostles that should only be teachers i feel that we have people that are pastors that should only be evangelists because they've missed their birthright and they've missed the true essence of what god truly called them to that's my personal look at it and now my my listeners (laughs) you guys (laughs) thought that i was going to be the tough one (laughs) 
this is, I, man, I, I am so glad that we're having this conversation <laughs> because I kind of had this interview pegged like, man, he was going to say this, 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 and that. Like, you were you were just going to keep it strictly by the book. You weren't going <laughs> to straight to the left or straight to the right, man. But I love a real conversation. And you have to be. I love a real conversation. You know why? Because that's what's going to bring people in. That's right. A conversation like this will have somebody like me who who go in March will be two years since I set foot in a church building outside of a funeral um, and maybe a wedding, I can't remember, um, to say, you know what? Let me give this thing another chance. Mm-hmm. Because the genuineness of your speech mm-hmm. and you're admitting like, hey, we don't have it all together. Right. So what's what's the solution what what do you think because i believe we're living in the last days and i and i and i often tell people um and i had to keep saying this um people think just because i walked away from church means that i walked away from god which is crazy i mean because the church was the church i left was just a physical building Mm -hmm. i still seek after the most high Mm -hmm. just from a different point of view now. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to someone like me who says, you know, I can still get it outside of the four walls? I think um, when it comes to outside of the four walls, I think we have to continue in prayer um, and truly uh, having a true relationship with God is what makes the difference. That's where a lot comes into play because again, I can easily say I grew up in the church. I can easily say I can I, if I can open the church right now and tell you I can function it because I've been there. I know how the finance works. I know how the trustee, I know how the choir, I know how the music. I know all of these things, but the question then comes is do you have a relationship with God? And I think that's where a lot of people kind of fall because we look to the the four walls as like God is only in there. If that makes sense. But it's like that should be our training ground to where we come together spiritually to kind of refuel ourselves, to go out, to compel more souls to then come in. And I think that's where, again, we should all have a prayer life. Even if you're not physically in the four walls, having that prayer life, um, having that change from within, you know, fasting and doing all of these different things is still equipping your soul and equipping your relationship But I do think that we still, when we come together again collectively, we should come to refuel and we should then go out to compel more souls to come to God. So again, keeping that prayer life, continue to fast and continue to pray and letting God lead you is is something that I, you know, look to. So do you think, do you think that there'll just be, that there'll ever be a time before the Messiah comes back, that there'll just be a, a, a rejuvenation? Of the church because I think I think what the the COVID did was it came and and swept through our ministries and it, mm-hmm. it, it showed you could you could function I mean because most a lot of churches are still prosperous without members actually being in there mm-hmm. you could function online you could still it's just like you're there in mm-hmm. reality um do you think there's gonna come a time where there's going to be a revival of the church. Like God's just going to throw his spirit in there that the church itself gets back to holiness. That's my prayer. 
But the Bible did speak on in the end times there was going to be a great falling away. So that goes to show as you make the comment, we are living in the end times. We are living. So a lot of this stuff, it honestly didn't catch me by surprise because we knew or if you read the book, you know, you will know that all of these things were already bound to happen. It's going to happen. So when I hear people say, you know, all this and all that, it's like, but if we really study the word of God, it's just being fulfilled. So it's not necessarily more so a surprise. Now, do I feel there's going to be a great revival back to holiness? It is my prayer. And I pray and hope, you know, that we can get back to that place as a church universal. But I think that so many ministries have strayed away so far till it's like, sometimes you can stray so far as like, it's like, what kind of hope is it to come back, no if that to, makes sense? There's no way to come back um, So not saying, you know, it could be a prodigal son type thing, but I feel that it's going to truly take prayer. It's going to truly take fasting, and it's going to truly take people having a relationship, a true relationship with God for us to get to that place of still having standards, to get back to holiness, and to get back to the true purpose and the essence of the church. And just to kind of go, that's why I thank God again for the ministry. I mean, our ministry is what, 68 years old and it's a ground, a pillar ministry in Pompano. So, you know, we have to where we were not an overnight ministry. It's not anything that's just came about because of X, Y, and Z. You know, we built it on a foundation of love, unity, prayer, and God. That sense of everybody having a relationship with God. And we come to refuel ourselves again, to go out to compel more souls to come to Christ. But I do pray for that day to come to where it'll be a great revival in the church. And your pastor looks fairly young, just by the pictures that I've seen him, or maybe yes. he just ages really good. <laughs> but it, it was, he, he, he couldn't have, you said 68 years old. He's not, no. he wasn't the original pastor. No, his father. Okay. His so father. Our founder, he's still alive, actually. Our founder's 87 years oh, old. Okay, yeah, because I saw a picture you posted in, your pastor, I'm like, man, this guy looks like he made He's in his 50s. Yeah, a couple years yeah. younger, older than me. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm going to get back to this, but I want to just break things up real quick. Okay. You have a, you have a, um, a, a, a old soul, like you say. <laughs> and again, like I say, I watch you. Mm -hmm. And I heard you sing one time with your mom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that voice came out of that kid. <laughs> so I want to put you on the spot right now. <laughs> I want to know if you want to sing a, a, just sing a note from one of your favorite songs. Because you're old soul, so you like old songs like me. I, mm -hmm. I can't get into this new stuff. I listen to this new gospel and I want to turn it off because I can't tell the difference if if it's a song that's playing on 99 Jams or right. if it's a song that's supposed to be glorifying the Lord and right. that's another problem in itself. But for my audience, do you want you you want you mind busting the note for us? I just want to make sure you know bust my, my microphone, <laughs> but because you got a, you got a powerful voice, man. I'm trying to look. My brain starts going blank, but I'll just sing whatever comes to mind. And I agree. I'm, I I like the old stuff because it has a it has roots and a foundation to it, and that's something I take pride in. Let me see. I am free. Praise the Lord, I'm free, no longer bound, no more chains holding me, 
My soul is resting, and it's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. That's the first song that comes to my <laughs> mind. You know, so many times people are like, oh, it's a funeral song or whatever, but we should be free in God. Listen, I want to tell you something. As where did you pick that song? Um, my my old church, not, not the most recent church, but when I went to FDC, there was a young lady who sang that song. And I promise you right now, when she sang that song, I saw demons getting up, mm -hmm. leaving that church. That's that's a powerful where where has all that stuff gone? Right, right. Like I I I, I want you to hear me because you 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 see me and I don't post that much on social media outside mm -hmm. of my daughter and you know try to get people to the podcast and stuff. But my heart is I like my heart is just yearning for God. But I I I don't think I could find God in the four walls anymore. Right. Right. Because everything is it's just all changed. I agree. I mean, I'm 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 looking online at some services and I see I can't there I um I can't tell if if it's a, a secular concert <laughs> or or if it's is if it's gospel. I'm like, come on man, like when 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 do we come back to holiness? And that's the thing. It's so it's so much to like I said, the church has just allowed the secular world to come and take over instead of, you know, it was a whole thing or we should meet in the middle and we should, you know, try to come together if we want to in that sense of things. Okay. So I think with the church, um, again, the church has lost its essence because it's like instead of it you know, happening to draw the young people, we've just allowed the secular world to control and take over the church. And we've allowed all of these things to come in instead of saying, oh, you know, it's in the use of reaching the loss. We've just let it take over. So I ask you, because you're an old soul, mm -hmm. like they, they'll, they'll say stuff about you like you've been here before. Oh, yeah. Um, I get called old all the time. Where... <laughs> Where does our next great leader come from? Because I don't see, and I said this before, and I'll, I'll keep hammering this. Mm -hmm. I don't see our next great leader coming out of the Christian church because right now what I see going on in the Christian church is producing a bunch of fearful men. Mm -hmm. If if they can even get men in the church, that's another thing. Right. Men don't want to go to church anymore. Right. Because... In my opinion, the churches have become so watered down, and and the word they watered it down, they watered the word down to to nothing. Because when I when when I when I read about the Messiah, mm -hmm. he's a man of war. Right. They won't tell you that part. Right. It's just always, oh, sweet little baby Jesus and right. stuff like that. And men don't want to sit under that. Mm -hmm. Men don't want to sit under not strong discipline and stuff like that. Where does the next great leader come from? Because I don't see it coming out of the, the, the Christian church. I don't see your help coming out. Who's, who's going to help you? Because just, just discerning your spirit. I like you, nobody couldn't tell me that you, you, you didn't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be your help to go out and say, Let's get these people. Let's get these souls for Christ. Where's your help coming from? Because all I see running around 
is a bunch of men that want to wear skinny jeans and sing. Right. That's true. Where's your help coming from? I think, again, we got to get to the place of back to holiness. And we got to get back to having a true standard. If uh, you have so many people that are not trained properly and they run out before their time. And when they run out before their time, they crash into a brick wall or either it's look like it look like a nightclub, you know. So I think that, again, going back to what you said, we have to get back to that place of true holiness. We have to get back to that place of true deliverance. We have to get back to a place of having open minds. And when I say having open minds, we should be able to have discussion and dialogue without it offending or without it uh, causing havoc or, or, or issues within the ministry. And I think, like you said, when it comes to men, uh, the church should be a place to, and a lot of churches, let me go back, don't have groups where men can come and talk together. They don't have things where men can come just together as the men and talk about their issues, you know, and it stays here with our brothers. I think when the church truly gets back to families and really recognize uh, and take all of that into consideration and get out of all of this and that, the rules, the regulations, when we truly break down the purpose of the church as it being a training ground in a hospital, I think then we can get to that place to train and have more people uh, equipped to be able to go out and do what God has commanded us to do. The the late great overseer, Dr. Randall Bard, mm -hmm. always, that was his whole ministry, um, putting an emphasis on the family. Right. And he would always, he would always talk about restoring the man and, getting the man back in their rightful place because mm -hmm. when you look around churches it's 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 filled with a bunch of women that's right that's all it is like it's like now churches cater to women that's right and the man is on the outside while somebody else is ministering to his wife mm -hmm. and i i always say just even on the outside world it it, it doesn't change whether it's church your community nothing Mm -hmm. Nothing will function properly until the man gets back into his proper position. I agree. I don't care what realm of life you're talking about, mm -hmm. even in the spiritual realm, until our men get back in their right standing with God, where God placed them so they can protect their families, so they can cover their families in prayer, things aren't going to function right. Right. So... Cause we, we, we got a little bit of time left, but, um, I do want to ask you, cause you, like I say, you're, you're, you're interesting, interesting dude, man. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm so glad that you came in. So what, what's your plan? Do you, you ever plan one day to be a pastor? Well, my plan is no, that's my plan. You don't want to be a pastor. I don't because I've seen, I, growing up in the church, I see it. I've seen behind the scenes. I have an uncle, my great uncle, who's a bishop. In Georgia, uh, growing just growing up, I've seen the true essence of people and how people can mistreat leaders who are who truly have a heart for God, you know. And I've seen you know so many leaders that throw in the towel because of people, you know. But I feel that when God has truly called you, He will equip you to be able to fight through whatever it is. Um, and moving that sense. Now, over the last, uh, I want to say roughly eight months or so, I do feel that God has been calling me to a higher place in him. 
a higher place, even in the spirit, you know. So I say, God, whatever you would have for me to do, you know, I'll go forward. Again, everything I said I didn't want to do, he pulled me right into it. So I do feel that on the end that God is calling me that way, but do I want to do it? No. So what what about a family? Because I, I don't, are you, are you single or what? Right now I'm single. I do plan on um, having a family. Right now I am in grad school, so finishing that up, getting through with that. But I do plan on, you know, whenever God leads it that way, you know, I do plan on moving forward in his timing. Sounds that's that's such a preacher answer if I ever heard. <laughs> See, and 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 ladies, you always talk about there's no good black man out here. Look at this guy, man. This guy's in grad school, 26 years old. Yes. He has a good career. Yes. He's gonna be a pastor soon. Come on, man. <laughs> I gotta ask you, because uh, you wear some of the most wildest outfits and suits <laughs> <laughs> that I've ever seen. Where where does this style come from? Um, this well, my mom, she's Every, I can say every event, whether it was a, a gospel concert, a church event, she always had a new suit and the shoes to match. So that's how I grew up when it comes to even today to dressing and want to match because my mom took time every event. I mean, as far as back as I can remember <laughs> from being a little boy again to every um, church event, every it could just be a Sunday morning. And I got a new suit and I got the shoes to match. So it's just always kind of been in me, and that's why I still I carry it today. You talk about your mom a lot. Yes. You post pictures with your mom a lot. Yes. How big of an influence is she in your life? Uh, when it comes to ministry, um, again, my mother's mom, my grandmother passed when my mom was three, three years old. So she grew up under her grandmother, which was my great-grandmother, again, who was a mother of the church. Um, so that kind of trickled down to my mom when it came to the standards of the church. My dad's family, um, of course, you know, have extended family who did grow up in the church, but my dad didn't grow up in the church at all. So my mom was the one in the house who instilled God, even with my dad, and drew him now to come to the church. So it took, you know, her and her prayers and all of those different things to draw my father to come to that place in the ministry. So that's why I hold it tight with both of my parents. But again, my mom was the one who took me to church, who made sure I was dressed, who made sure I prayed, who made sure all of these different things. So, um, cause we're just about to wrap up soon, but anything you'd like to promote? I know you guys have a youth explosion or something yes. I saw coming up soon. Yes. On Friday, uh, January 14th at 7 30 PM, we do have our fifth annual kickoff service and I have this service every year to kick off our youth and young adults for the year to get us going to uh, just push us forward and we introduce our theme for our department for the year so we do have a guest speaker coming from Americus Georgia Pastor Caleb Edge and we do have a lot of other featured guests that will be with us on that night and it will take place at Brown's Temple Ministries and the address is 1081 North Powerline Road in Pompano Beach Florida three three zero six nine so come out if you're available so in closing let me ask you, is if is because just talking to you i feel like um i almost feel like king agrippa <laughs> <laughs> you know king agrippa told the apostle paul you almost persuade me to be a christian <laughs> i mean because i could just feel your i could feel that sincerity coming from you mm -hmm. what do you say 
to that person that's on the fence right now, this is your plea for them to give up what they're doing, turn around, and try Jesus. I would say it may sound cliche, it may sound whatever, but like I always say, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. We have to look at it through the eyes of it's all God. Everything that we do, us waking up this morning, us, you know, going through the many blessings that we have, you know, it's all because of God. He can easily snatch it away at any time. He can easily pull our time card and, and that's life at any time. So I would tell anyone, you know, we may give up on church, you know, because of things, because of people, but never allow that to cause you to lose your true relationship with God, because we just don't know the very essence of the purpose that God may have placed us here on this earth, you know, to go back to a ministry, maybe to cause us to draw other people to see, look what God has done for me. You know, I was this, I was that. God brought me through this. I had these thoughts and God brought me through this. So I always tell people to look at our lives as a testimony to be able to help someone else to overcome. And there you have it. This has been a tremendous interview yes. with my special guest in studio, the minister, soon to be pastor, Shedrick <laughs> Magali. Um, and like I say, this platform is open. I talk about anything. I, I have anybody. So even if you guys hear this, any pastor friends or any preacher friends of yours that want to come into the studio and just talk, because I, I got a, you know, I have a bunch of Bible stories and things that I want to go through with, with people that actually read their Bibles mm -hmm. so we could break this thing down. Because I think that's the problem. A lot of times people really don't know what's inside the book, right? They, they have a couple scriptures that they memorize, right. but like you said earlier, they don't read one passage before and they don't read one passage after. Correct. So they don't know the totality of what that scripture really means. They don't right. know how to harmonize things. Right. So I'd like to have you back in the studio so we could go over some of these things. Okay. Um, and I'm going to have to put you on the spot again because you, you just blessed my soul with the song. <laughs> so after I give my closing remarks, I'm going to ask that you sing us out. Okay. So you listen, you've been listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Trevor, season three. And in parting, I leave you with these words. Always seek out the truth for yourself, because if not, you'll fall victim to other people's interpretations of them. And with that, I say peace. I don't feel no waste time. I've come too far from where I've started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy and I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me oh and i just can't give up now i've come too far from where i've started from nobody told me that the road would be easy and I don't believe 
He's brought me this far to turn around and leave me. God bless you. If you can't get enough of Straight Talk with Trevor, be sure to like our Facebook page. You'll get page-only exclusives like links to early shows and behind-the-scenes video footage. You can also participate in polls that might shape future shows. The best thing about our Facebook page is that's where you can get in direct contact with Trevor. You can also leave show topics, reviews, or even request to be a guest on the show. Again, like us on Facebook and thank you for your continued support.